There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series of messages that God gave us at the beginning of this year. We said to you on the first Sunday in January that throughout this year of 2021, we will be speaking from a year-long series entitled Restore, Support, and Strengthen. This is another message in this series. Our message this morning is found in the book of Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, as well as verses 21 and 22. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, as well as verses 21 and 22 from the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Somebody say today, today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. I love that verse. And the enemies you see today will never be seen again. Verse 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Look at these words. Just stay calm. And then verse is 21 and verse 22. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened a path through the waters with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Verse 22 says, so the people of Israel walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his words. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject, a way out of nowhere. A way out of nowhere. At the eight o'clock service, I told the story, true story, of me as a young boy growing up in the church. I would often hear some of the older members say that God is a way maker <laughs> and he'll make a way out of nowhere. They used to get up and testify, God is a way maker. He'll make a way out of nowhere. They used to walk around and shake their hands and say, oh, God is a way maker. And he will make a way out of nowhere. Well, as a young boy, I had no idea what that meant. In fact, the truth of the matter, Pastor Mac, is I thought it was kind of comical. I thought it was funny and entertaining to me and my young church buddies. 
However, those old members would say to me and my young church buddies, just wait until you all have lived a little longer. That's what they would say. They would walk by and say, just wait until you've lived a little longer. Rose, your mother-in-law, Mother English would say, just wait, son. Mother Lord would say, just wait. Mother Anderson would say, just wait until you've lived a little longer. Now, most of those older members have passed on. They have transitioned on. And I have since lived long enough to now testify that having gone through many personal ups and downs. Whew, this is my own testimony. Not Mother English's, Mother Lord, or Mother Anderson. This is my testimony. Having gone through many ups and downs, I now know for myself that God is indeed a way maker and that he will make a way out of no way. Not what I've been told, not what I've heard, but I've lived long enough to develop my own testimony that yes, he is a way maker. I've also know this, that there are many testimonies uh, in the Bible of God making a way out of no way. Testimonies such as what I call Joseph's but God testimony, which Joseph declares in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 to his brothers who sold him into slavery. And Joseph is now the governor of Egypt, second to only Pharaoh's. Joseph says, but what you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. I call that a but God testimony. And I thought about the testimony of the widow from Zarephath. Her testimony perhaps could be called it never ran out testimony. Uh, in the midst of a famine, God blessed her. And here's what the text says. The text never said the barrel of meal ran over. It said it didn't run out. <laughs> and every time she put a hand in the barrel, there was always something there. God says it may not always run over, but it did not ran, run out. That was 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 6. And then... I thought about David's testimony. David, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. David writes in Psalms 37 and verse 25 that I have been young and now I am old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to bear bread. Yes, Joseph had a testimony. The widow of Zarephath had a testimony. David had a testimony. But as I began to look through biblical scriptures, I thought that perhaps one of the greatest 
testimonies in the Bible of the Lord making a way out of no way is found in the text that was chosen for today's message. Let us now look at that text and see what God has to say. Our text involves the children of Israel and their exodus from Egypt after 430 years in bondage. They now are on their way out of Egypt. The word exodus itself is simply defined as, quote, a way out. That's what the word exodus means, a way out. Now, according to scholars, there were over 200 million Israelites. The Bible says 600,000 men only. Most believe that there were over 200, 2 million, I'm sorry, 2 million Israelites. 600,000 men, and when you add the women and children, they came to about 2 million Israelites that left Egypt rejoicing as they went, thinking in their minds that all of their troubles were now over. Thinking in their minds that their troubles were now behind them. Listen, listen to this fact. And as I thought about this, it really put it in some context for me. It is important to note that this generation of Israelites had never experienced freedom. Not only had they never experienced freedom, but their parents or their parents' parents never experienced freedom. There are some scholars who suggest perhaps even four generations of Israelites were now in Egypt who had never experienced freedom. They were born in bondage. Their parents were born in bondage. Their grandparents were born in bondage. And perhaps their great-grandparents were born in bondage. They knew no other way but bondage. That was it. That's, they, they knew no other way than to have somebody tell them what to do, and they had to do it. They did not know what it meant to be free. And so Moses comes. God raises up a deliverer in the house of Pharaoh's. Sends him back to Egypt. Uh, and Moses leads them out of Egypt. You know the story. It is found uh, throughout the book of Exodus. Ten plagues from the frogs to the flies to the gnats to the blood uh, to all of those things. But the final plague was uh, the death angel killing the firstborn of every house that was not covered by the blood. And so now the children of Israel are on their way out of Egypt, rejoicing, thinking this is what we had dreamed about. This is what our ancestors had dreamed about. You know the testimony of Joseph 
who on his dying bed says to his family, when God delivers us, dig up my bones and take them out. So Moses uh, and Joshua digs the bones of Joseph. Here they are now going out of Egypt. God takes them through the way of the wilderness. The Bible says God should, could have taken them a shorter distance. They could have gone, but God knew that they were not in a position to do battle with the Philistines. So God takes them around the land of the Philistine out of Egypt. On their way out of Egypt, listen to how their atmosphere, listen to how their attitude shifts. Uh, when God delivered them, Miriam on the tambourine, others rejoiced and skipping, praising God as they went. But now something shifts. On the journey out of Egypt, they now discover that Pharaoh was not through with them. And the Egyptian army were pursuing them. What they realized was just because they had left doesn't mean that Pharaoh had given up on them. So Pharaoh's army began to chase them. And they reach a point on the journey in which they can hear the footprint. They, they can sense and hear uh, the thunder of the army. And ahead of them, in front of them, was the Red Sea. Use your spiritual imagination. They are traveling in a land that they knew not of. They are free for the first time. They don't know how to act being free. And now they're on their way to a land that had been promised to them called Canaan. And Pharaoh's army chasing them. The Red Sea standing before them. Verse 10 of the text tells us that when they realized their situation, when they realized that their enemies were behind them and the Red Sea was in front of them, they panicked. Uh, the New Living Translation says they panicked. They began to cry out to the Lord. They began to complain to Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Listen to what they said. I don't remember them saying this, but they said they said it. They told Moses, didn't we tell you we would be better off in Egypt? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Why did you bring us out here to die? At least in Egypt, we would have had a proper burial. Now we're going to either be slaughtered by the Egyptians or drown in the Red Sea. They were dismayed. They were distraught. They were discouraged. They even talked of returning back to Egypt, to a place where they and their ancestors had been in bondage for 430 years. Can I preach to somebody? Here's what God says. God says sometimes when God does something miraculous for us, the first time we meet opposition, we get discouraged. We get discouraged and we talk of going back to a place where God had already delivered us from. 
They were talking about, of all places, going back to Egypt. They wanted to return to Egypt. They were shocked and surprised uh, that they were going through what they're going through. But here's something uh, that God showed me. God showed me, you know who was not surprised? Moses. Why wasn't he surprised? Because God had already told Moses what he was going to do. And Moses could not tell them right away because sometimes God cannot reveal his plan to us because we can't handle it if it doesn't make human sense. And so God had already said to Moses, perhaps one of the most insightful verses in the text is found in verse 4 of chapter 14. Uh, and turn to that and let me share with you as they put it on the screen uh, what it says. Uh, verse 4, Exodus 14, the New Living Translation. Chose that translation because it reads easily. <laughs> Look at what it says. And once again, this is God speaking to Moses, I will hearten Pharaoh's heart. Now God says this before Pharaoh even began the chase. Ooh, I cannot, cannot, I need to preach this to somebody. God says, I'm telling, I'm setting it up. I'm telling you before the trouble comes uh, that there's a purpose for your struggle. Look at what he says. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. Please look at these words. God tells Moses, Moses, I don't want to catch you by surprise. You can't say this to the people because they can't handle it right now. But let them know, although they're free, it ain't over yet. Uh, that the enemy will chase after you. Ooh, who am I preaching to? These words stood with me back all week. I kept hearing, and they will chase after you. <laughs> And I'm saying, Lord, uh, but I'm doing all right. And, look, and God said, but they will chase after you. Who am I preaching to? Somebody said, Lord, but I'm good now. You know, I'm praying and I, I, I've been delivered. And God said, don't get too comfortable because the enemy will always chase after you. But look at what God says in this verse four. The next sentence says this. God says this, I have planned this. Wait a minute. What? God says, Pharaoh is not doing this on his own. I put him up to this. I had planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, uh, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord, so the Israelites will them. In other words, God told Moses, Moses, I'm here to tell you something. Something is going to happen. Don't you be surprised. Drop down, if you will, to verses 17 and 18, just for a moment, putting this in context. Then God says to Moses, I will hearten the hearts of the Egyptians. And they will charge in after the Israelites. In other words, just because 
they're free doesn't mean that they won't have any challenges. Then he says, my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and everything else that follows him. In verse 18, and when my glory is displayed through them, whoo, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord their God. There's a reason for what you're going through. God has a plan for everything you go through. So from the beginning, God's plan was to set them free, to allow pharaohs to chase them, to allow the Red Sea to confront them, and then to see what God can do. Sometimes God's got to set it up in order to display to us and the rest of the world that I am a way maker. Sometimes God's got to place your back against the wall. Sometimes you've got to face an obstacle staring you in the face that there's nothing humanly possible you can do to get out of the situation. And God says, I've got you just where I want you to be. I want you to be between a rock and a hard place so that you'll know that if I get out of this, then God has to make a way out of who am I preaching to that I just need a handful of people that say he's a way maker. He's a way maker. Woo! Somebody throw your hands up at home. Somebody lift your hands. Ah, he is a way maker. He is a way maker. If it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm trying to move on, but I'm hearing God say, Darrell, I'm a way maker. I am a way maker. Anybody know, yes, he will. Send somebody a message and say, yes, he is. Yes, he is. So here's the situation. Ooh. Pharaoh's army chasing them. The Red Sea confronting them, and they are panicking. <laughs> but God says, I planned this. <sighs> I'm just stuck right there, the Jimmy. God says, I planned this. I plan the next time your back is against the wall, just hear God say, I planned that. Next time you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, just hear God says, I planned that. Sometimes God's got to take us through the wilderness before we get to the promised land just so that we'll know that God is a wilderness God. God is a deliverer. Yes, he is. And so he speaks to Moses and he says to Moses, there are three things that I want you to speak to these, my people. Uh, verses 13 and 14 of the text Moses says these words to them. There are three key takeaways that Moses shares with them. Let me give them to you briefly this morning. Uh, three key takeaways for Moses' response. Remember, they are panicking. Remember, they are talking about going back. And God shares these words. Ooh, I, these words are not only for the children of Israel, the Israelites. 
that these words are for everybody whose back is against the wall. Who am I preaching to? Uh, these words are for everybody, and your enemies are behind you, and obstacles are ahead of you. And folks said, I don't know how you're going to get out of this. And God says, I've got you just where I want you. God says, I'm in charge of all of this. Three key things that God speaks to these, his people, through Moses. He tells them first, Moses tells them, do not be afraid. First thing you've got to remember when your back is against the wall, when you are in between a rock and a hard place, you've got to remember, don't be afraid. Fear is an enemy to a world of possibilities. I wrote that in a book that I published some time ago, and it has blessed me ever since. All the things in that book, that's the one thing that people remind me of. Pastor, you said that fear is an enemy to a world of possibilities. You can't get to where God wants to take you if you're walking in fear. You will have to choose to either walk by faith or walk in fear. But you cannot do both. (laughs) I'm talking to someone right now. God says you cannot do both. You cannot walk in fear and walk by faith. You have to choose. Is it fear or faith? And that is why in every major crisis facing the Israelites, God has always said to them, Deacon Merle Haywood, God has always said, don't be afraid. In fact, he always begins. He said to Jehoshaphat, don't be afraid. Says to the Israelites, don't be afraid. He says to Joshua, don't be afraid. He says to Gideon, don't be afraid. God always begins with these instructions. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. You have to choose. Is it fear or faith? If you choose fear, you you will perish. If you choose faith, you can come through this. You will come through this. And then the second key takeaway in Moses' response in verses 13 and 14 to the Israelites, Moses tells these Israelites, number one, he tells them, do not be afraid. But look at what he says, second key thing. Moses tells them to stand still Ah, and watch the Lord rescue you today. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. And here's what God said to me as I was putting this message together. And God says, now, Darrell, this is for you to digest first for yourself. He says, sometimes the best thing you can do during a crisis is to do nothing. What do you mean, Pastor Jackson? I've got to do something. No, you don't. Sometimes the best thing you can do in a crisis is to do nothing but stand still and watch God. 
See, doing nothing does not mean that we are giving up. It simply means that we are trusting God. Folk don't understand that. People look at you and say, you look mighty calm. you, You look like you are not worried about anything and your internals may be going through all kind of turmoil, but on the outside, God says, stand still. God says, don't you lift your hands to fight. God says, don't you try to work out what I have already worked out. I'm preaching to somebody. Stand still. Stand still. Hold your peace. Uh, Do nothing. Lord, I'm hearing you. Say, what do you mean? When the enemy are chasing us, you mean if you stand still, it makes it easier for the enemy to catch us. (laughs) But I've got words for you from the Lord. God says, if you stand still, they will never catch you. Stand still and watch God rescue you. You know why we stand still? Because if we're trying it on our own, you can't ever outrun the enemy. I was watching something the other day on the National Geographic channel and they were showing uh, what to do if you're in the wilderness and you're confronted by a bear. And one of the first things that says, don't run. I said, that makes no sense. (laughs) You stand there and let the bear eat you. They say, no, don't run. Why? Because you can't ever outrun the bear. Ah, I'm preaching to somebody. We stand still because you can't ever outrun your enemy. But you can outweigh them. You can trust God in a difficult time. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. And now the third thing that Moses tells them to do is in verse 14. Moses says, number one, don't be afraid. Number two, he says, stand still, watch God rescue you. Number three, Moses said, the Lord himself will fight for you. (laughs) In other words, God will take care of your enemy. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your voice. Don't get upset. God will take care of your enemy. And when my enemy and my foe came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. God says, I'll fight your battle. You have no need to fight this fight for the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. And so people in your family don't understand why you're not fighting back. People on your job can't quite understand why you're not fighting back. They've done you wrong. They've mistreated you. You've got to fight back, but you have already made up your mind that he will make a way out of nowhere. And all I've got to do is stand still and wait on the Lord. Look at how this text ends. Verses 21 and 22, the Bible, 
describes how Moses, how God made a way out of no way. Listen as I read this text. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea. Moses raised his hand over that which confronted them. And the Lord, ah, good God Almighty, opened up a path through the waters. God didn't take them around, but God opened up a path through the waters. God says, when you trust me, I don't take you around the obstacle. I'll take you through it. I'll take you through it. God opened up a path through the water with a strong wind, and the wind blew all night long, turning the seabed woo, into dry land. And then look at what the text says. The text then says this. The last part of the text says this. So the people of Israel walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Uh, do you hear me? Uh, they did not go around it. They did not go over it. But they walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. God is preaching to somebody right now. God is telling somebody right now that you are about to walk through it. You are about to walk through it. Walk through it. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Somebody lift those hands. Somebody lift your voices. Somebody, if you're in a position to stand to your feet, wherever you are, God is speaking to you right now. And God says, get ready. Get ready. You're getting ready to come through this. God is a way maker. Come on, he will make a way. He will make a way. He will make a way. He'll make a way, TJ. He'll make a way, Zion. He'll make a way. Anthony, God will make a way. Somebody say, yes, he will. The old folk used to say, yes, he will. They used to walk around and say, yes, he will. He'll make a way out of nowhere. He will make a way out of nowhere. Declare it. Declare it. I dare you to declare it. Woo. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Waymaker. Miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Just walk around your house and throw those hands up and say, Away out of nowhere. Away out of nowhere. Mother, he's already made a way. He's already made a way. God has already done it. It's done. It's done. It's Come on. People of God, wherever you are, help me declare. 
He is a way maker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. 30 more seconds. Act like you know it. Act like you know it. Act like you know God has already done it. Act like you know he's already done it. He's already made a way out. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I I thank you. Come on and tell him, Chevelle, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. You're turning it around. I've got a message for somebody. Your enemy may be chasing you. And the Red Sea may be in front of you. But you're not going back. And you will not drown. You're going through this. (laughs) You're getting through this. Encourage somebody with a text, with a tweet. Just send somebody a message and say, God said, we're coming through this. <laughs> yes, we are. Come on. <laughs> Listen. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Just wave those hands. Oh, way make miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. Thank you, Chevelle. My God, that is who you are. Everybody say, way make. Yes, you are.
so the people of Israel walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. I, I, don't, I don't even know if you understand the significance of that. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. A way out of no way. Look at that graphic. That makes no sense. Ah, The water didn't drown them, Elder Jeff. The water protected them because the Bible says he built a wall of water all around them. What we thought would take us out protected us to go further. Only God, only a way maker, only a miracle worker can make a way out of nowhere. There's a number, there's a contact on the screen. Call us, text us, email us. Because someone right now, perhaps you woke up this morning and you thought it was impossible for you to make it. Perhaps some of you had already decided that I'm giving up. Our counselors are right there right now. You see them on the screen taking your calls. But we declare and decree that the God we serve is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He's light in the darkness. There is a way out. (laughs) The enemy is a liar. There is a way out. You may have lost your job. Your health may have declined. But there is. (laughs) I declare and decree that there is a way out of no way. God is building your testimony that when this is all over, you're going to say, he's my way maker. He is my miracle worker. He is my promise keeper. He is my light in the darkness. (laughs) That would be your testimony. Close those eyes. Call us. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, it begins with your acknowledgement that, Lord, I, I can't make it on my own. I need you every step of the way. The only way I can survive this is that I need a relationship with you. Whew. I don't care how smart you are, how gifted you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care what titles they call you in this secular community. At the end of the day, when the Egyptians are chasing you and the Red Sea is staring you in the face, your secular title won't do you any good. All of your secular so-called fake friends will not do you any good. You need a relationship with God. You need to know the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the person who is the light 
in the darkness. He will make a way out of nowhere. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this series. We thank you for such an awesome biblical example of you making a way out of nowhere. Lord, I, I, I can't get verse 4 out of my mind. And I planned this, <laughs> you said. <laughs> Your words to Moses were, and I planned this, Moses. <laughs> the reason the enemies and the reason they're chasing you is because I planned it that way. Reason you are facing the Red Sea is that I planned it that way because I needed to demonstrate my glory. Whew. I needed the whole world to see that if I can deliver somebody like you, whew, I can deliver anyone. And Lord, we say thank you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody help us they right make now. Miracle work, promise keep. Come on, light man. Pick in up the, the darkness. phone. Text us. My God, Email us. That is uh, who you yeah. are. Prayer requests. Oh, oh we make Miracle work, promise away out of nowhere. Before we offer the benediction, I want to encourage you to join us on Tuesday night. We have, on last week began Psalms 23. It's a five-part series of Psalms 23. And we're going to continue that this Tuesday night. We want to also encourage you to join us as we have invited you to do all year. To be a part of this vision that God has given us. God gave us a very unique way of funding the future vision. And to the natural eye, it makes no sense. All of my friends in churches all over the country say to me, hey, man, I'm asking for big contributions. I'm, I'm asking people to make a commitment of 10000 and 5000 One of my friends asked me, what are you guys doing? I says, I'm asking for $7. They say, man, cut it out. I know you're joking. I said, no. God told me to ask for $7. And God says, I'll do what I need to do. And you have responded in such a positive way. Some of you who are not even members of this congregation, but you've participated as viewers and as worshipers since the pandemic. You've planted seeds. I've received offerings from as far away as California, from foreign countries, from those who sowed seeds of seven. And not only seven, but some of you have sown seven dollars for every child and every grandchildren, every grandchild that you have. However the Lord leads on your heart, but be a part of this. It's not asking too much for you to set aside seven dollars a week. That is a dollar a day. I don't know where you can go and just spend $7 and eat for a whole week. Hey man, some of you, one trip to McDonald's, one trip to whatever your favorite place is, that's gone. And God says, Ash, and I told you from the beginning, 
He didn't say beg, Rose. He said ask. And we've done just what God says. Listen, we've taken every penny of that money, and you have far exceeded even my expectations. And we've not yet spent a dime of that. God says to let it accumulate. Save it so when you get ready to do something, you would have the foundation that's already there. And I'm not telling you that this is all God's going to do. Or I'm not sure how God is going to lead us. And we may have to go back and, and fund a project with the corporation of a bank in the future. We may. But we would walk in there from a position of strength. Of saying this is all we need. Because this is what we already have. And we may not even have to walk in there at all. God can make a way out of nowhere. I wish I can testify. We've got something we're going to tell you that will blow your mind. You've heard me talk about the senior citizen community and village right across the street. That is before zoning at the city right now. It will blow your mind. We have always wanted that. BJ, we have always wanted that. And God sent us a developer who says, I'll take your vision and your idea and I will develop it to your specification. And we will put 250 units and we will put a cinema, a theater room, and we will make it comfortable and you will have first choice of the seniors that you want to put there. And we were in the meeting. <laughs> DJ and I, we were meeting. I was still waiting for him, Mac, you know, to give me the bottom line and says, now this is what you've got to come up with. And I was holding my breath. And at the end of the day, I said, you forgot to tell me what we have to come up with. They said, I didn't forget. It's not going to cost you anything. And I says, what? They says, we're going to develop it and we're going to pay for it and you will manage it. And you get to put the people in it. And then I start saying, Waymaker, come on, Chevelle. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is it. One more time. I lifted, I ran around the room and said, Zion, Waymaker. Go down. So y'all excuse me. Let me tell you the rest of it. So I said, by the way, how much does a product like this cost? And they said between 25 and 30 million. And I put the phone on pause and I got up in my office and say, Waymaker. Waymaker. Oh, come on. Miracle. A miracle. That's who he is. $30 million! $30 million! Y'all gonna get me all excited. Can I tell the rest of the story? Because y'all know I can't hold nothing. Can I tell the rest of the story? And I said, by the way, you're gonna put it on our land. And they said to me, Sister Lane from the Berg, they said, not only are we going to put it on your land, but we're going to buy your land from you to build your building 
on your land. I said, wait a minute, help me understand this. I said, because I grew up in the hood, I got to be slow. Take your time and tell me again. They said, okay, we're gonna buy your land to build your building on your land to put your people and we're gonna pay you to do it. And I said, he's a way maker. As you lift your hands for the benediction, I leave you with these familiar words. My sister Thee, my brother Mac, my brother Rod, my sister Andrina, we can all attest to this. How many times have we heard these words? I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. Thank you, Bible Way, for trusting us. God is doing something that I has not seen. Deacon Murray Haywood, you've been here every step of the way. Uh, you've been here, Deacon Haywood, and you served with my dad. And you so faithfully serve now. And God says, I'll do this so you can see it. I'll do this so that when we drive down Atlas Road and we see that village, we can hear the words, I told you so. He's a way maker. Miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. Come on and say it again. Who is he? Listen, I thank you, yeah. to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There'll be someone there to pray for and with you. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. 
You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this message was a blessing to you or if you're moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website, that's bwcar.org.